Yeah. I can't wait. That'll be very interesting. Um, I have no fucking intro plan. Um, what was I going to do before that other one? I had one plan. Ah, uh, shit. I had a good one the other day. But I replaced it with that sex one instead. July the 10th, 2019, and I'm Eric talking at you as always from beautiful downtown Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, where if you're not going to vote for Eric and Gord, at least you should start listening to us. Because 14 months after the election, everything we say this month is going to come true. Yeah, we've been bang on so far with pretty much everything. Pretty much everything. Uh, in the last year that we've said... Uh, regarding the Trudeau government, his policies on just about anything and everything has officially just come true. Um, yeah, absolutely ridiculous how easy it is to call these people on their shit, um, especially going into an election now. Uh, it's just gotten, uh, it's, it's fun for me. This is, a, this is the time of year I love. Hi, Gordon, how are you? I'm doing good, my friend. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm very, I'm very up in my own head working on this story and not delving into reality as much as I should, but. Oh, trust me, it's much happier where you are than it is where I am. I oh, yeah, I could imagine. Um, your uh, your province is funny little place right now. It's a, it's a big bag of fucking special is what it is. Uh, this uh, this Baycrest hospital thing is amazing. Really? I can't, the the 150 hospital employees fired. Um, and that's just the oh. one that refused to resign over five yep. million dollars in benefit fraud. Yep, that is incredible. And it, welcome it, to it, Ontario. It was very hush hush up until now, but these uh, 150 just canned, and those are just the ones that refused to resign. They were given the opportunity by the union to resign before they got fired, and they chose not to. Um, this is amazing, and I'm sure this is happening in hospitals all over the country. Uh, but uh, this is the biggest I've ever heard of. Yeah, it's just the first time I think it's ever been actually like openly like exposed. Well, in the face of uh, everyone criticizing Ford for his healthcare cuts, it looks pretty bad. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I know. You know, they're they why are the hospitals losing money? Well, because their employees are ripping them off hand over fist for everything from fucking fake prescriptions to uh, uh, chiropractors they never went to. Physiotherapy they don't do. 
That's because a lot of these, all these government things, the way they work, and this is the way most businesses work, and this is what makes all these fucking businesses fail, which is you're given a budget. And if you don't use that budget, then that means that the next year yeah. you're going to cut what you get instead of being, okay, well, let's just keep the budget, but you didn't use it. That's a good thing. Let's just, the budget is set. We'll leave it at that. And if you keep staying under, then we'll give you like a bonus. You ever wonder why they're out fixing curbs in the droves in March? Yeah. There's just tons and tons of people, city workers, dozens of them fixing curbs that weren't broken. Um, that's That's that policy you just mentioned. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's we will find. I've seen them. Yes, they lay pavement to roads that aren't built yet, just to pad their costs for exactly why you just said. It's I. It, I didn't know that it extended to uh, the private sector quite as much, but I know in the public sector that's how everything works. Yeah, and, and you're right. It's ass backwards system. Yep, it's the same thing with like every business I've ever worked for. It's the same thing. If they don't. Like the other, here, this is your spending budget for this. And if you if you spend under that, then that means next year you're going to get less. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've I've had to I've had to work within that framework myself, and it's actually quite difficult uh, to find legitimate ways to spend your money if, if you don't need to. Yeah, which again, it's just, it's it becomes completely and totally wasteful. It is well, a yeah. very stupid, short-minded way of viewing things that makes no sense whatsoever which could only be devised by a fucking moron. It is a very short-sighted way of doing things, and if anyone interested in investing in a podcast would like to do things that way, please contact Eric at ericandericandgore.com. We will find ways to spend your money. Don't worry about it. Oh, it's a gift. <laughs> I could do tremendous amounts of good under that framework with our show. Oh, there's no denying that, my friend. There is just no denying. But it, you're right. It does uh, lead to this kind of a thing where five million of one employee got away with over a hundred thousand uh, dollars. The average was twenty five thousand oh. dollars. And the, the best part is they were giving kickbacks to the companies they were lying about using to make sure that they didn't speak up. Mm. So it was a very well organized little scheme. Yep. But I think they just lost quite a bit of credibility against the Ford government, which nobody wants to see. But, but uh, you know, you can't exactly blame him for wanting to cut money to healthcare because he can pipe up right now and say, "See, I knew this was happening. That's why I was going to cut the money." Yeah, and you know what though? He probably did. Well, he's probably doing it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure he's he probably just like because like his brother. One of the things that that his brother was known for, right when he became, um, um, whatever he was. Um, he turned around and he did this video where he says, here's what you get when you run this fucking city. Yeah, that's and right. going through all those freebie fucking cards that he got. Yeah, that was And epic. he exposed the city for the fucking <laughs> hypocrites that they are, the wasteful fucking money. He goes, here I am making this much money an hour, this much money a year, with all the benefits that I get, and these motherfuckers are saying, I never have to pay for parking. I don't have to pay for this. I don't have to pay for that. Right. And it's just, it's no different, you know? Well, I mean? Good on him for doing that. Um, he didn't uh, effectively change anything about it, so. No, he just exposed it. He didn't, he didn't refuse their, uh, their gift, and, and nor would I, nor, nor would any person in that position, so. I would. I'd uh, refuse both of us. 
It would be it would be a, a good statement. I know uh, Daryl Masato did it in North Vancouver, the mayor of North Van. He's been the mayor of North Van since uh, puppies are the oldest animals. He's a very popular mayor. Um, and it's because he, him and city council, the first thing they did was vote themselves a pay cut. Wow. Well done. Uh, that was many years ago now, but uh, yeah. He's he, had what, like 12 raises since? He looked at uh, his budget and he looked at what he made as opposed to what he contributed. And he said, no, we all have other jobs. And we work our other jobs when we're not in council. We're only in council a couple hours a night. Let's, uh, you know, trim the fat and put a big water slide down Lonsdale Avenue. <laughs> Which I'm still half disappointed that I never actually got to do. Yeah, like, I hit the line. My fucking front door. The top of the slide was literally right out front of my fucking front door. You should have just went and did it like without your ticket. Just I could. I just could have walked out, jumped on the fucking slide, slid all the way down, and I could walk home again. Pretended to fall. Whoa! I fell on your giant water slide. Ah, I'm all prepared by this. I'm wearing a swimsuit. I didn't see this was happening. Ah. I didn't even see it. It looked pretty cool. I, uh, yeah, it did. I there's talk of them doing it again. Oh yeah, that's um, gonna be yearly. They're putting a. They wanted to put a Ferris wheel down at the new pier there. Yep, I remember hearing that. I don't know if they're going through with that or not. He's had some remarkable ideas over his time as mayor, though. He was going to put a, a little conveyor belt that pulled you up Lonsdale on your bike. Oh, um, that's a great idea. It didn't. It didn't fly. The cost was ridiculous. But apparently, they have them in like Denmark or some bikey place. Yeah, it's a great idea. And you just you, you, hill. you just put your foot on it and it it pulls you up the hill on your bike. Uh, yeah, but. The recipe you know, for disaster there is monumental. Yeah, you know stupid people would fuck it up. Oh, yeah. That's just a guarantee. That would have got my shoelaces, definitely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Back in the, uh, yeah. And we'll get out there, kids, to uh, test out the shoelace theory again. Uh, actually, now would be the best time to do it. Not tonight now, but, I mean, now in general, because I'm back using the mobile device and until further notice. Um, well, that works out well for me. Actually, so, back to the cemetery. Uh, yeah. You can get to the cemetery. I can get to uh, the public. The public who's awaiting. They miss me. I know they do. Um, and I miss you guys more. Didn't have a chance to look at last night's numbers, but uh, I'm sure they're spectacular. Yeah, I think we're up to like 43 million listeners. I can't remember. You know, it, it, all these sites are wrong anyway. So it's all just rough estimates. We could It could be somewhere in a million. Yeah. Um. Could be ten thousand. There's no way we're there's no way we're in the million just because we have that few people fucking messaging us. <laughs> we, we could be in the millions. We could have like seven. You never know. It could just be like seven people. Or all this time I've really been putting my foot in my mouth and it's just my mom listening seven times a night. <laughs> your your mom's in Jake and Van. <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus. Could you imagine? Holy shit, what I get. Oh all the things. God. I love you, Mom. <laughs> uh yeah so the only uh yeah that sucks your province is weird Dugport sucks uh moving on <laughs> so i have a question please ask your question okay so this is regarding vaccination yes okay now i was i had a bit of a epiphany thought today and i thought okay so we all know the vaccinations are actually good for you, which we, we know this thing. This is a good thing to know, right? Yeah. But even though they do the vaccinations that do have 
the good stuff in it, which is going to prevent certain diseases and whatnot. Yes. What if there are still stuff being added into that that is meant to help kill and destroy society? Oh, there's, yes, there's, you won't get the measles, but you're guaranteed to get cancer from this, or you're guaranteed to get. Oh yeah, that's the that's the most popular reason not to get them. Um, that's that's what everyone thinks. Uh, so they, it's not that they're denying that it doesn't cure the measles or polio. It's the other stuff that's in it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, people think about that all the time. Um, that the the uh, sterilization. Uh, is the biggest concern right now that they're actually... now the reason why I bring this up? Yeah, is because now I wish I actually right now I'm actually wishing I was at home so I could actually look this up near net so I could bring the statement up. But uh, there's a group of come uh, no well no no I'm not going to call them idiots I'm going to call them very smart people because they're the ones running this. Um, one of the things that they've done is they've hooked up with certain organizations. One of the big ones being the Bill Gates. Uh, foundation huge in the uh, vaccination world not just with vaccinations but what they've done is they use it as the front in the sense that bill gates apparently is not a part of this he doesn't know that this is going on yeah he, as far as gates is concerned this is just bullshit it's a fucking conspiracy theory it's not true of course but apparently uh with this thing that i was reading there's names companies uh years everything was all laid out in this grand scheme that it's all about depopulizing the population, which we talked about in the past. But one of the big things is that, yeah, there's the sterilization of Africa. Sure. Is where they're starting it. That's like their testing ground to sterilize Africa. Yeah, well, um, I, I don't want to wade into too much controversial territory and say, hey, maybe not such a bad idea. But... <laughs> um, that's kind of my thought. It's a great place to start because who's going to complain? Well, they don't sterilize themselves. Uh, still got a million plus dying of AIDS every year, and yet the Vatican's convinced them that condoms are the devil. Uh, so ridiculous state of affairs over there. But no, of course, uh, vaccination without or sorry, sterilization without your knowledge is bad. I'm not going to condone that. But um, yeah, that that Gordon, what your point is is the the main reason not against the main argument against vaccination is that they, they they're not only the toxic elements that they're putting in them which uh because the, the vaccines tend not to bind to our um cells yeah so they have to put a bonding agent in right that bonding agent is usually mercury um uh and and yeah you're probably right something that causes cancer uh you know uh any any number of things it's uh it's a very valid argument unfortunately um now the counter argument is that the levels of the things that you're talking about that are that are showing up in vaccines are at an amount that are that is uh insurmountable it's it's not even an, enough to worry about uh it, it would barely show up in your bloodstream and the level that it's in is, is the uh but the who's telling you that that's the bigger question. Well, the doctors that are giving you the vaccines, of course. <laughs> but who's giving the doctors the information? Uh, well, is that, it the same people that would be involved in this giant conspiracy? Uh, yeah, oh, of course it is. So then, therefore, you can't trust the judgment because the doctors can only go by the information that they have. That's exactly These people right. People would never release and tell you that this is what they're doing. So, therefore, 
what do you do? Do you take the risk of killing off people just by disease? Like, literally, it's a, it's a catch-22. If, if, There's almost no way if and or around it, because if you don't do it, you're going to die from a fucking disease that should have been wiped out hundreds of years ago, right. or you're going to die from whatever you're injecting you with. Well, not, not not just die, but be somehow genetically altered. You know, it's... it's, it's I don't think... Part of the naive side of me wants to say it's not population control uh, in the sense of of lessening the population. I would say it's more or less it would be a manipulati- manipulation of of us for you know it, for some nefarious purpose. But I'm really starting to grasp the concept of because I mean. It all comes back to like, well, I mean, when you go back, like, go back a bunch of episodes to when I talk about the sterilization of the planet and eliminating two thirds of the population and everything else. Sure. When you take that concept out of my point, which is literally just a point of almost innocence, revert it back to next to nothing. Everybody has to fend for themselves. But what the government, like, what these big groups want to do is they want to do it in order to control. Yeah. So if you eliminate two-thirds or seven-eighths of the population, now all of a sudden you've got these very small pockets of people that you can put in these walled cities and, that's, and absolutely control them. And that's why I disagreed with you, because they will pick and choose the two-thirds that they kill. It's not going to be random like your asteroid. It's going to be hand-picked who lives and who dies. Um, that is see and that's what for me that's what this is why I love my asteroid theory because the asteroid theory eliminates well the people that it eliminates corruption in the process because the process will be corrupted and money will money will rain at first Um, rain R-E-I-N rain as in the rich the the wealthy will get to choose who lives and and the, the poor will die no, but here's the weird thing. If all of this is about money, which it can't be about money, there has to be a bigger plan that has to revolve around more than just money because you eliminate that many people, you're not bringing in any more money anymore. The amount of money that's coming in is dismal in comparison to... So it has to be about controlling resources. But they're, they're, they're in it, it speaks to the same thing as the fentanyl crisis where... Uh, Granted, you, you think you, you might have less money because you have less population, but you have a lot less administrative costs as well. People cost money. Um, as much as they produce money, they also cost money. And you're, you're chipping away at, at your overhead every time you kill one of us. So, yeah, but, I mean, that, that's fine and dandy when you're talking about eliminating, like, one-third of the population. But when yeah. you're talking about eliminating a drastic higher number. Like, we're talking well, yeah, about eliminating well, it down to, like, 5% of what we have. Of course. But they, they that, in that sense, they would get rid of the 5... They, they would only keep the 5% that were financially uh, productive. So that they, they, cost, they cost less than they produce. Yeah, but even then, though, it still, be, it still becomes less about money and more just about... In Total control. Yeah, well, that's what I think it is. It is control. That's, yeah, that's, it's just about control. Control the population, 
once you have absolute control of the population, at that stage, now you can control. There's no more free media. There's no more free this, free that, free that. Everything, although might not have a cost because like you don't have to worry about charging people for, you know, like internet or you don't have to worry about charging people for phones and stuff because yeah. you don't need it. But you get to absolutely control what is being done and said. Sure. And if your question is ultimately, do I think that's happening? Yes, 100% I do. I, I absolutely think that's happening. Um, so the only way to stop it is my theory. Why the the asteroid theory? Yeah, yeah. Or or we all become anti-vaxxers. And but I'm no, not. That's not going to work because you're still eliminating the population and the people in control, the people with this power. They can still vaccinate themselves, right? With the clean vaccination, without the added stuff into it. But look how well, that sneaky, does not work. But look how smart and and uh, sneaky they're being about it, because they've got these yahoos on Facebook uh, saying insane shit. And when they come out with a quantifiable answer, like or a question like you've just asked, suddenly they don't look bad. They've 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 set themselves up that they, even though we know for a fact they're doing this, all of a sudden they're absolved because it's you know it's they're doing it for the greater good kind of thing at the moment um i'm never going to say they're doing it i mean they're doing it for nefarious reasons that's it there's no if and or buts about it there is no greater good because they're not doing it for a greater good they're doing it strictly because of power control that's it there's no nothing else for it sure but the the people that are calling conspiracy over it are the ones who look out of control and the government now looks like they've got things under control and uh, like even you're saying, you know, even you're uh, at a point where you're questioning whether the anti-vaxxers have a point or not. And it's such a great way to backdoor it in with uh, without doing any harm to their own reputations. It's absolutely brilliant. They're sick, evil motherfuckers, but they're smart, sick, evil motherfuckers. Wow. It's. I'm just trying to think what I'm trying to really figure out with all this is just is there is there a way to have is there a way to beat it is there a way to win and the only way to win is death of all i i not necessarily death but i would say the only way to win is a complete overhaul of the 20th, 20th century um go back to square one and start all over again and the only way to do that is to eliminate. You would have to eliminate a certain percentage of people. I think a lot more more people than you think would be on board with with that idea because a lot of people who were wealthy are now not. Uh, a lot of people who should have been never were. I think you'd have actually quite a bit of support for that idea. Um, overthrow the monetary system, redo it, get rid of the banks, and uh, start over again from start from scratch. Uh, in in all walks of life, though, it would have to be all or nothing. We dismantle agriculture. We dismantle um, the economy. And, uh, and that's the only way. So, and the, the yeah. easiest way to do that is get killed by a giant asteroid. Yeah. Um, 
death all, I guess. I don't know. My solution that I came up with last year, I think, is the easiest and, and best solution for the population crisis. And it's we have to find a way to turn old people into food. Which comes into my whole idea, which is the best way to be able to um, control... Um, Kill two birds uh, with one stone. Yeah, control immigration by allowing us to eat people. Yeah, absolutely. But let's start with eating old people. Find a way to convert people that are on their way out into a nutritious snack. And then you're, you're, it's two-thirds, two, two-thirds of that problem is solving itself right there. And don't tell us it's people. God, we would need it. But, you know, if if you're making me a, a rat burger and I don't know it's rats, it's probably the best damn rat burger I've ever had. <laughs> what, what fucking movie was that? Where they're like... Uh, oh, Demolition Man. Demolition Man, yeah. What do you, what do you think? This is, does that look... Do you, do you see any cows around here? <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's rat. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> yeah, and Stallone just chomps away on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Demolition Man was a uh, very prophetic film. People don't understand that it, it is probably the closest thing to a dystopian reality ever put in a Hollywood movie, but unfortunately it was made out to be a goofy Stallone movie. But it's actually really quite brilliant. Yeah, it's true. It was a really, really, it was a really good movie. Right down to the uh, the accord where all the restaurants in the States were now Taco Bell. Yeah, the great, the great, uh, the great fast food war. So funny <laughs> and frighteningly true. Uh, I think they would win. They're highly addictive and disgusting, all in one. I love Taco Bell. Taco Bell is the nickelback <laughs> of fast food because nobody likes it, but they make billions of dollars a year. Somebody's lying. <laughs> Somebody's not being honest about that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Everybody talks about how much they hate it, but yet they're like number two or three in the fast food world. And you got to admit, they also they don't take up much room when they open up their stores. They they're, they're very small. Well, that's because they don't serve food. It's great. They just uh, they just dip their packaging in that toxic tea sauce, and and you don't notice that there's actually no no food there. That's right. Yeah. The most authentic thing out of them is the hot sauce. <laughs> I actually like their hot sauce. <laughs> I love the yellow packet. It's tasty. I don't know. They dropped the ball with the Dorito thing, and I'll never forgive them for that. They sucked before. Oh, that, but... no. Fuck you. No, that was genius. Yeah, but they didn't use that was the zesty most... one. How do you roll out? No, they couldn't. They couldn't use the zesty one. They couldn't. They had to be the regular nacho cheese. No, it should have been zesty, and I'll never no. forgive them for it. No, I, I trust me. I'm on your side. I think that that would have been amazing because I'm such a fanatic for that zesty cheese. But it had to be the regular cheese. The regular cheese is the one that's best for the masses. It had to be the regular cheese. Well, I guess genius business move on their part. I thought that was great. Well, they lost just, my vote. Uh, they gained my love forever. <laughs> yeah, but what about the uh, ultimate fries? Thing. The Fry Supreme? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's a Canadian thing, by the way. That's not even American. Yeah, I know. That's that's the thing, though. It's just... 
It should be, because when you go to the States, you say, yeah, can I get four tacos? Cool, would you like a side taco with that? Yeah, see, I thought see, I thought you were on board with hating them with me for that. I was on board. That's just another reason to hate America. Oh, it's just hate America. All right. That's, yeah, that, that's a reason to hate America, not, not the company, because they got their shit right up here. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, always funny when you see what fast food companies do in various countries like the the new tim hortons that just opened up in china is hilarious yeah uh with their like fish head timbits and shit <laughs> it's the same with mcdonald's in every country it's fucking hilarious oh yeah um fight scares the hell out of me actually i that's why i don't travel i worried i would starve to death yeah because I, i'm not exotic with my eating see that's the joy of being fat I'm exotic with all my eating. Yeah, you are. You well, you eat well though. You you. That's why I'm fat. <laughs> you, uh, you, you eat with a. Uh, you you eat as if you have money. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, yeah. I live like I should have fucking money, but yeah, no, I definitely eat like I should have money. There's no getting around that. That's and I can eat all the gauntlet. I'm just as happy having a fucking Mr. Noodles package as I am having a fucking eight course fucking. Diamond fucking store fucking uh, meal. Actually, just, it all makes me just as happy. The TNT supermarkets have ruined Mr. Noodle for me. I used to love Mr. Noodle until I tried the authentic ramen noodles from like anything that doesn't have English on the package, and they're so superior. Well, yeah, because there's nothing real about. Have you seen? I don't think you've seen this. Have, have you seen the videos that's been going around of people using Mr. Noodles packages as forms of like? basically cement yeah there oh my god there's a guy who fixed his fucking sink with it yeah i would uh, i would imagine i'm hoping it's got a certain level of buoyancy to it because i was hoping to strap a bunch of them together and make my boat to float out to my plastic island on i don't think that'll be a problem um i'm quite the raft builder from from my <laughs> ogopogo days my you build the raft, and I can build you a campfire and a shelter. I got that shit covered. And you, all from Mr. Noodle. I can see if they'll sponsor me. Because I bet that well, shit burned like crazy, too, that powder. Oh, yeah. Throw that and on the fire. that's the thing I couldn't understand about those fucking videos. Like, the guy, every time when you're watching these videos of these guys using, a, like, a Mr. Noodle's package mm-hmm. as a form of, like, concrete or porcelain, every single time they add the seasoning. <laughs> Like, seriously, have you, have you actually seen this? It's no, crazy I, I, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Okay, when I get back home, I'm going to fucking find, I'm going to send you the fucking link. It is the funniest shit in the world because they do. They will, like, there's a, a kitchen sink, there's a chunk out of the kitchen sink, or bathroom sink, I should say, and he takes the, the, the dry package and he basically just, like, cuts it, cuts it out, stuffs it inside it, and then adds the seasoning to it, <laughs> the right. dry seasoning to it, and then sands it. <laughs> like, well, why that, are you adding the seasoning? <laughs> that's definitely how my stomach feels after I eat them. So, <laughs> Yeah. It, it I survived it. on those things, one of those a day for six months. I have a friend, no word of a lie, that's all he ate for the better part of the year, and he he, he essentially got scurvy. Oh, yeah, that's not surprising. Yeah, and his doctor was mesmerized by the, no one's had scurvy in 100 years. It was incredible. Um, it wasn't scurvy, but it was a, it was a, a type of, a derivative of. Um, Scurvy-esque. Yeah, go, go <laughs> eat an orange, you sick bastard. 
Yeah, kids, don't eat. Uh, let me give you a tip. Here's a here's a culinary tip from uh, your old uncle Eric. Uh, eat eat well once in a while. I don't care if you don't like vegetables. Slam a V8. Do something. Don't you cannot live on Mister Noodle. Stay away from the Mister Noodle. It's not a good. It's not food. Um, anything that anything. Here's here's a tip. Here's a good tip for all you uh, younger people moving up into the adult world. If you, if the package has to tell you to enjoy it, it's not food. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Very says, well done. Microwave on high for three minutes and enjoy. That's not food. Eat something with that. That's right. Um, that's that's. I like, couldn't fucking argue that if I wanted to. Um, I love that. Like, like you forget what you forget what to do with it if it didn't say that. As soon as you pulled it out of the microwave, what do I do with it? Set it on. Oh, enjoy! Oh, well, thank God it says that. I was gonna have my think with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's the craziest shit about it. You know what I mean? Like that guy's not just, crazy. He just didn't read the instructions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crazy bastard! What the fuck? <laughs> I would have done the same thing if I didn't read the package that reminded me to enjoy. <laughs> just add water just add water and enjoy that should only be uh, in sex that should not apply to anything else just add yeah, water yeah, yeah. and wait three minutes <laughs> fuck I hate this society so much <laughs> okay, there's, there's, a, there's a lot to hate but it can be fixed uh, Eric and Gord 2019 the election's right around the corner vote Eric and Gord we're going to fix these things for you um, or please, guys, because I'm starting to really lose faith, and I'm really hoping for that fucking for something to go off just, just, just to end it all. I mean, that would just be well. Anything would be better. I don't think if anything is going to go off. It's going to be uh, uh, just a giant race war over these goddamn pipelines. Because uh, that's yeah, that's going out. That's right up. Again, because the provinces, of course, are everyone is opposing this federally imposed carbon tax. Yep, um, they should be. And it's just it's raising the uh, the pipeline issue ever more into the spotlight yet again. And it's not going to be solved. It's certainly not going to be solved anytime before the election cycle is over in October. Um, but basically, everything we've been repeating for a year is, is just falling right into place. Um, and a serious lack of engagement by Jagmeet, which I, I knew was going to happen. And, and, uh, he's just nowhere to be found, which is, is great for the greens. Um, but not so great for the rest of the world. Uh, the one thing I did notice that I wanted to bring up before the show that uh, I, I talked to you about was, uh, they, they're doing a poll again and, uh, marijuana, uh, everybody go back and listen to July 1st of 2018 when I called this almost word for word. Um, illegal pot dropping in price. Uh, government pot going up in price. 59% of users surveyed. Now, granted, this is only a survey of about 600 people. So it's not like a giant cross section of the population or anything. But 59% said they buy their weed illegally. Um, because government weed is either too expensive or it's too difficult to get. Or it's too fucking dry and you're getting ripped off. 
Uh, that's that's the biggest thing that I'm. That's the biggest thing that I fucking hear about is that you're you're flat out just getting ripped off by buying it from the government because it comes in those stupid plastic containers. Your shit's fucking bone dry by the time you get it, and which means you're getting undercut. But the price gap across the country, they've estimated the average is four dollars and seventy cents a gram. That's the dis- That's the difference in price. That's a gram. That's that's a free gram. Yeah. That's not, they got to do something to reel that in. That's ridiculous. A $5 gap in a price of something that's supposed to cost $5. Yeah. It makes you wonder, how do you, how do you have a gap that large on something that should only cost that much to begin with? Well, because as soon as you put it into a store, you have added costs. You have to pay for the store. You have to pay for the employees. There's a, there's, there's a tax built in either a GST, a PST plus a, uh, a, uh, uh, there's another tax built into it, and then you have to add the cost of selling the shit. You can't not sell it for 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 less than that. It's, it's it can though. You absolutely can because even at five dollars a fucking gram, the profit margin. Because when you break it down, weed once you add anything after your first year. Which is actually bullshit because if you're in a larger scale situation, but say everything after your first year is 100% profit. Sure. But uh, that's the, the government isn't satisfied with 100% profit. Well, it should be because you can't get any better than that. Well, apparently you can. You just got to charge four bucks more per gram. No, but they're not, that, that, again, they're, they're not doing this because of the. They're doing yeah. this because they don't know what they're doing. They're doing exactly what I said they're going to do. They're pushing the black market ever farther. It's now more murky than ever, and it's just going to get blacker and harder to figure out, and it's going to thrive. Um, and their stores, the novelty is going to wear off by the end of the year, and no one is going to go to them. Even the government employees themselves won't go. No, I thought that they're going there to begin with anyway. Well, they got to be smoking pot to come up with some of these fucking ideas. Yeah, but where do you think they're getting their fucking pot from? Not from the government stores. That's true. They're getting it from their fucking street dealers because they're fucking cheaper. Um, that's true, yeah. Oh, that's all we need. Just find Trudeau buying a dime bag in an alley. Oh. That would be incredible. Oh, my God. That would be worth almost everything that would that that there's the pinnacle uh that's just that would be awesome he's uh his his did himself some wonder well john mccallum the former ambassador to china did some wonderful work for the conservatives today what would he do saying he openly invites chinese interference in the uh canadian election oh yeah (laughs) um Not not helping, John. Uh, for those of you who don't know, John McCallum was the federal uh, ambassador to Beijing uh, during the in first stages of this Huawei bullshit. Um, and he was fired from his position for taking a contrary position on the whole situation. <laughs> um, which is the position we... Which the position that uh, Gordon and I took when they sent that convoy of 18 ambassadors over there, 18 representatives over there who did virtually nothing to address the situation whatsoever. 
No, they didn't do virtually nothing. They literally did nothing. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> There's no and, virtual about it. And that was that was the John McCallum said that's bad, and then they said, okay, well, you're fired. Um, <laughs> Dumbass. Which is as as we know from him and also uh, Minister Rabel that uh, you just can't say no. <laughs> You can't question your your liberal government, or you just get fired. That's how they operate. Yep. Um, this is really stupid. Equality for all, my fucking ass. Oh, it's never been further from the truth. But what do you expect? Really, it's it's like I said jokingly before he got elected that uh, a guy with his name on an airport knows nothing about people being people. Um, oh no, not at all. So what what was said was he uh, he said the concern if if China lightened up on all their restrictions right now yeah. it would it would drastically help the uh, conservative cause. Let <laughs> me um, or I, I do I have that yeah. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. The, the meaner the Chinese are to Canadians, the better the conservatives look because the conservatives will take a harder stance against China. Yeah. So if China wants a liberal government, um, this is essentially what he said. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but essentially what he was implying was that if China wants a liberal government, they have to lighten up and look good because the voters will vote conservative if China looks too mean because they don't think we're going to be... So essentially what he's saying is China. it's China's choice who runs the country for the next four years. Yeah. Um, and that's not a stance that's particularly good to take immediately before an election, um, <laughs> especially publicly. Like, at least try to hide it a little bit. Don't, don't come out and publicly say, yeah, China, if you want a liberal government, which everyone knows they do... Yep. Um, because we'll just move the entire country to China by the time they're done. Um, the, but you can't come out and say these things publicly. I think this is where we're the our leaders kind of take the step of the Americans, but we do it really, really badly. We go, oh yeah, let's do what they did, but let's do it right in front of fucking everybody on the news. <laughs> Because we're not smart enough to hide this sort of thing. No, we can't. We haven't figured out that part yet. We still won't lie to each other about it. Fuck. Uh, are you, is your government suggesting China can control the election? Oh, we're not suggesting it. We're damn right condoning it. We're, we're yeah. We're, here's the numbers. Look. Here's the numbers, and this is what we want to happen. Please do this, China. Right. Now, speaking of, to an extent. Um, I, I was catching a little thing on because I'm sure you heard about uh, Bombardier. He's gonna be laying off 1,100 people. Yes, which that's okay. been coming for a like. How did you not see the writing on the wall there? Well, I mean, they Canada bailed them out what two times? Three yes. Times? Well, so uh, disgusting. Here's yeah, the thing. Sorry. Do you know why? Uh, but what Bombardier? Why Bombardier is laying off people? Um. Uh, you know what? I don't. I'm not even going to venture a guess. Well, the reason is two things. Number one, they have um, two major contracts that are that are up that that are not getting renewed. So they have to eliminate people because there's no jobs for that anymore. Sure. And the reason those contracts are being given up is because of Donald Trump. 
Because yeah. Trump has put in policy, is, is one of the things that Trump's put into play is... The Buy American thing. Buy American, which means 65% of everything in the U.S. has to be done in America. Right. It's It, it was a, a crippling blow to the auto industry. The crippling blow to all the industry. Um, Metal, <laughs> auto, steel, wood. Now it's all going to cripple it, which is incredible. When it, came, when it came down to automobiles, it was actually Mexico who teamed up with Canada and said, fuck them. We'll build in Canada and Mexico. We'll sidestep the states altogether. Yeah. And it, it worked incredibly well. Now, unfortunately, Bombardier is just in that position where they're always right on the edge. They're always operating in, in you know, they're, they're either winning or, or they're shutting down. There's no middle ground with this company. Is that guy dying in the background? What's yes, I, I, I am, I am in the hospital ward today. No, the poor guy's been sick forever. He's, uh, and he tossed it out and goes to work every day, so I can't tease him. Oh, um, but we can, we can hold off for a minute and, and, and talk. No, 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 but I just thought it'd be funny, funny to bring it up and mention it because you just hear this dude fucking dying in the background. It would be funny. <laughs> we haven't had a death on the show yet. I'm impressed. Oh, give us time, my friend. Give us time. We're at, I believe this is 150, maybe 151 episodes, death-free. That's impressive. Uh, considering you, you're literally in a cemetery, and I'm in a neighborhood where 95% of the people are on their way to you. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's just it. Mine are already dead. Yeah. You know, I don't know nobody's die, nobody dies in a cemetery. You're already dead when you get here. That's a good advertising pitch. Um, that really is. Safest place to work. Safe. Everybody here is already dead. Nobody dies in the cemetery. Nobody mm. dies in the cemetery. Very few workplace accidents. Well, very few uh, innocent people hurt. Yeah, yeah. No, nobody dies in a cemetery. I, I can't think of a single. I I want to see where somebody has died in a cemetery. I want to see a statistic. There's got to be. I want to know. I have. I'm about to find out because I am literally going home right now so I can be on the internet. So my my curiosity home. is peaked, my friend. Uh, oh, I need to know how many people in a year die in a cemetery. Oh, this is going to be a fascinating stat. I'm looking it's probably huge. It's like, look, vending machines kill a ridiculous amount of people every year. Let's go and find out because this is going to be interesting. Yeah, I've, I've never in my whole life ever thought about that stat, but now I need to know. That speaks more about you than it does about this show. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I've been getting, by the way, while I'm waiting to get in there, I've been getting a rash of Facebook requests over the last fucking week from a whole bunch of random fucking like women with those fucking... Oh, the nude photos? Well, just like the webcamming and shit. Yeah, I've been getting a bunch too. Is it something we're doing? I wonder. I don't know. But it's all of a sudden, I've just been getting a fucking rash. I'm thinking, why are you hitting me up? You've got one post, which is your profile picture, and the profile picture is, hey, what a fuck. Oh, no. you, oh I'm not getting those ones. Oh, yeah, I, no, I'm getting a bunch of those. They're, uh, they're like literally directly saying, hey, I want to fuck. Let's fuck. No, I don't get those anymore. I just get the ones that, like, you can see my nude pictures that www.didn'tfinishhighschool.com or whatever it is. <laughs> Didn'tfinishhighschool.com <laughs> Okay, how many how many people have died? How many people do die? Oh yeah. You do yours, I'll do mine. 
How many people die? In cemeteries. Oh, one of my all-time favorite bands. Uh, no, no, all joking aside, Silverchair, I think, is is uh, one of the most fantastic bands uh, ever in the history of time. But that exactly. cemetery song bugged the shit out of me. Because wow. he, he kept yeah. saying cemetery, and it just drive me nuts. He'd say, I live in a cemetery. It's a cemetery, you goddamn... Uh, well, I found it. Dying out of a cemetery. How many people die while visiting a cemetery each year? I'm, in the U.S. In the U.S. of in the U.S. of cases are those in Texas of this kind? Uh, uh, I'm seeing there's not readily almost done, but you won't find any numbers. We're reading the same article. Yeah, you're you're the uh, it's ask Meta filter. No, yes, got mil- yes, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's funny. We both just uh, <laughs> that's not in any way endorsing this website, which is clearly lying. Uh, my mom has died. I'll be okay. Is it? Oh, okay here we go. Me? Hang on, hang on. I found something. Hang on. On Listverse, top ten spine-chilling graveyard deaths. I love it. Uh, let me see here. In July 2012, a four-year-old Carson Dean Cheney was visiting Glenwood Cemetery in Park City, Utah, when the unthinkable happened. While the Charles family casually strolled through the 19th century graveyard taking photographs of historic tombs, the rambunctious teen uh, youngster began playing on a headstone dating back to 1889. Oh. Without warning, the two-meter, six-foot, 113-kilogram, 215-pound stone Detached from his foundation, fell on Carson, trapping in between it and the footstone of the ground. Three men hastily struggled to pull the slab off the trial, but their efforts saved to save him were futile. That's that's very uh, actually kind of sad. Yes, that is. Uh, the that is kid, death to falling tombstones are far too common. Uh, so case in point, a girl who also happened to be four years old was crushed to death when a massive cross fell on her as she placed that door. She was killed by a cross. <laughs> in 2013, the groundskeeper in Edinburgh, Texas Cemetery was killed instantly after he was crushed by a tombstone weighing 900 kilograms. Why do you have a 900-kilogram tombstone? Why do you need that, you selfish bastards? Because there's no reason. It's a ridiculous waste of money. And and it's land. The, the thing that people don't account for is how much land is wasted on these giant death fields. Like, it's, it's, it's oh, absurd. Dude, listen to this. Hang on. Hang on just a second before I read this. This, 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 this just sounds amazing. As as Gord's trying to find that out, uh, we, if you want to hear more of Gord laughing at the tragic deaths of children, uh, you should try listening in on RadioPublic.com. <laughs> Radio Public, it finds ways for you to find shows like ours. And when you do so, <laughs> everybody we benefits. Uh, <laughs> we need more shows where we laugh about four-year-olds dying in cemeteries. And if four-year-olds dying in cemeteries isn't your thing, you can turn Radio Public onto Radio Mode and maybe find a show a little more uh, life-celebrating and less death-laughing. 
uh, after you listen to ericandgord.com. Um, Radio Public doesn't require any password, any sort of login. You just download the app from either the iTunes or the Google or, yeah, no, that's the only two. And uh, you download the app, you're good to go right out of the gate. It works anywhere in the world. And they have a commitment to helping podcasters like us do a little better. So when you listen on RadioPublic.com, everybody benefits. Head over to the App Store now. And when I say head over, I mean move your arm four inches and click the goddamn App Store button. Um, don't make me come there and do it for you, because I will. Download Radio you know Public who, today. You know who it doesn't benefit? A four-year-old that got crushed by a monument. That it, <laughs> well, in a way, it does, because we're honoring their memory by talking about them. That's right. <laughs> uh, you ready for this? I gotta read this. You're gonna love this shit. Yeah. Okay. Now carry on with uh, oh, the yeah. the hilarious <laughs> accidental deaths. In- At 3:30 p.m. on August on an August day in 2016, uh, Batavia Cemetery caretakers in Batavia, New York, stumbled upon two dead bodies lying in the midst of a graveyard headstone. Drug paraphernalia was strewn around their corpses. What However, a surprise. It was apparent by the physical state of the bodies that their demise was not related to drugs. About 12 hours earlier, a severe thunderstorm had blown through the region. Oh, my God. Working jointly with the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, investigators were able to determine that a lightning strike occurred in the area where the pair were found. Oh, my God. autopsy revealed that the victims, 35-year-old Richard Garlock and 32-year-old Jenna McLeod, had sustained thermal injuries consistent with a lightning strike. Detective Sergeant Todd Cross had explained, it seems they had just gone to the back part of the cemetery and were just hanging out there. (laughs) They got... Now, if that doesn't make you just kind of question Christianity a little bit, (laughs) when two drug users are struck by lightning in a cemetery, (laughs) that's got God written all over it. That's Uh... like, like... Wow, that would that would almost make me a uh, slightly Christian. Because um, um, if you not one, it like that, you'd be a lot more convinced to listen to him more often. Well, there is this one woman in the U.S. I love more than this that, fucking chick. A bunch of them. Well, yeah, but this one particular woman in the U.S. had the greatest fucking lightning fucking stories ever, and I say stories because yes, there was she got hit more than once. The first thing happened when she lived down by the, uh, uh, what do they call it, Tornado Alley. And she um, was outside uh, during a storm and got fucking struck by lightning. Mm. Uh, It wasn't a direct hit. It was off to the side, but it was enough that it it hit her and fucked her up. I I believe I've mentioned this once before, but let me just say very quickly, I have absolutely no sympathy for anyone who moves to Tornado Alley. It's called Tornado Alley, you fucking idiots. Why would you move there? Yeah, I don't. Just, no, I would never no. live on Ray Barrick Lane. It just wouldn't happen. I wouldn't move there. No, because I would even think if you were to build your entire fucking house underground so you wouldn't get wiped out, you still have to worry about your house, your your underground fucking door getting buried <laughs> by debris. Yeah, don't don't move to a place called Tornado Alley and then every year cry because you get hit by a tornado. No. Um, in, uh, so yeah, so this lady, so she got struck by lightning, struck by lightning. So she learned, so she, she learned her lesson and she went inside. So she's inside. And this is like, uh, like, I think it was like a year later, less than a year later. Uh, she's inside a storm hit. So she goes inside, bats down the hatch, gets inside. She's watching TV. 
lightning strikes the house and blows up the TV and blows up the TV in front of her. Sends oh her back God. to the hospital. That's so then amazing. she learned her lesson from that, and she's like, okay, well, fuck this. So next time the lightning, with a storm hit, she turned off all the electricity. She turned off the TV, and when she leaned over to turn one of the lights off, lightning hit again. She got, she got electrocuted through the light. Wow. So then she's like, okay, fuck this. So she moves. I'm moving out of this fucking tornado. I'm going to go to a uh, She moves to a town that has the fewest lightning storms <laughs> in, in, in the country. She's in this town. And a storm comes, so she's like, okay, so as soon as she heard that there's a storm, and the storm was like nowhere near her house, but as soon as she heard that there's a storm, it was something like a hundred and something miles away, but she heard that there's a storm coming, and it might come to her house, so she immediately shut all the power off to her fucking house, and she stood there, and she was doing washing dishes. A lightning bolt strung across the sky from 150 miles away, struck her fucking house. And she got electrocuted through the fucking running water. <laughs> that is unfortunate. That's better that than the guy. Crazy. So how many in, in total? She's been struck by lightning four times. It's like four or five times was, was the total thing. Wow. I I I love the story. We wasted half an episode on it one time about this sort that guy that got hit twice in a row. Yeah, that, that that video is amazing. You know, the first thing that crossed his mind was, oh, thank God, you never get hit twice. I'm okay. And then, bam, instantly, just as he was saying that to himself. No, the thing is never going to get struck twice in the same spot. He did manage, like, two steps before he got hit a second time. So, technically, he's they're, they're right. Now, I just could you imagine the swearing that comes out of this woman's mouth? The fourth time she gets struck by lightning, which has got all the power cut to her house, and she's done everything she can possibly do to avoid electricity. And goddamn, it skips 150 miles across the sky. You remember those time life things they used to advertise on TV? Oh, someone gets a pain in their wrist just as someone cuts their finger. Coincidence? And you'd be like, yeah, it fucking totally is. Um, With the many people on the planet, yeah, it's called coincidence. uh, But come on, to get. That fourth one's on purpose. Someone's doing that. That's not nature. That's intelligent design. It's got to be. There's no uh, lightning skips 150 miles or meters, whatever it was, just to land on, in her sink. Yeah, there's something. A, there's something behind amazing. that. Yeah, that you're 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 meant to die. That's some. That's uh, Final Destination stuff mm-hmm. right there. Remember the Final Destination movies? Yo, fucking right, man. I was a big fan of those. Things that uh, make you go. Mm. <laughs> uh, here we go. September 2nd, 2016 was the last day of Ray Dell Hurt Jr.'s life. On that fateful afternoon, a 10-year-old from Davenport, Iowa, was riding his bicycle on a steep hill in Fairmont Cemetery when he crashed while making a sharp turn. His body was discovered later in the day by a man who had lost his own 11-year-old son to drowning. Oh, my God. Interestingly enough, this is where the beginning of eerie, eerie coincidences or perhaps angelic messages from beyond the grave. Okay. On the morning that, ride, that Radel died, his mother, Stephanie Barker, had framed a, pic, a painted self-portrait of Rydell that had been hanging on the refrigerator for months. In a prophetic art, Rydell depicted himself flying through the air between two trees after falling from a skateboard on a curved road. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Following the boy's funeral, loved ones began finding dimes on a constant basis. 
Uh, for those that don't know, uh, finding a dime is supposed to be symbolic of a loved one uh, send, basically sending you a message to say, hey, I'm here and, and I'm fine and you're you're cool. And it's bad luck to pick them up. No, it's no, it's not. It's actually good luck to pick them up. It's, no. You're actually supposed to pick them up and collect them. No. Leave them. Um... Uh, yeah, it says that uh, spirits send message to loved ones through dimes. It means that loved ones are doing the right thing or are valued. So the creepy 10-year-old drew his own death. That's kind of sad. Yeah, it is. That wasn't nearly as funny as I was hoping. For. No, that one's kind of not funny. That one's kind of scary and sad. Um, Sorry. Way to bring the show down there. Um, <laughs> if, 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 so you, if you or a loved one has recently died in a cemetery... Please contact Eric and Gord via dime or email, and uh, let us know. Tell us your your dead kid cemetery stories. We want we want them on uh, oh. Eric and Eric Gord dot com. Gord and Eric Gord dot com. Um, not that we're making light of death, but no, because I'm about to hit a fucking another hard one here. This is brutal. Listen no, to this shit. On the evening of March fifth, nineteen. Fuck it, you're gonna listen to it anyway. On the evening of March 15, 1991, 15-year-old Jessica Keene was abducted while waiting at a bus stop in Columbus, Ohio. A short time later, Keene managed to escape her abductor, fleeing to a nearby Foster Chapel Cemetery in Madison County. As she ran for her life in the dark and desolated graveyard, at times hiding behind headstones in a fruitless attempt to evade capture, Keene ran into a fence post, knocking her to the ground. Before she could find the strength to get back on her feet, she was bludgeoned to death with an old 32-kilogram tombstone that her killer had jerked from the ground. That is the most horrifying thing I've ever heard in my life. Wow. And uh, for 18 years, the case was cold. In 2008, they matched DNA evidence to uh, Marvin Lee Smith, a two-time convicted rapist. Marvin Lee. He was out on bond at the time of the murder. Marvin Lee Smith. That just sounds rapey. Oh, yeah. Everything about that name just sounds fucking rapey. Wow. Let me be the first to apologize to anyone out there who happens to be named Marvin Lee. You're probably fine. Maybe not. <laughs> but that's wrong. Wow. That's some ragey shit. You gotta, you're enraged when you pull a 32-kilogram stone out of the ground and beat someone with it. That's not easy to do. Oh, my God. Listen to this. Oh, this is fucked up. <laughs> oh, good. We're, we're getting to the fucked up one because the other ones yes. were pretty pedestrian up until now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this is great. One night in La Estranda, Honduras, 16-year-old Nicey Perez collapsed at her home and never regained consciousness. A day after her funeral, family members visited the pregnant teen uh, concrete tomb. All of a sudden, they heard banging and screams coming from within. No way. Her mother said, as I put my hand on her grave, I could hear noises inside. I heard banging, then I heard her voice. She was screaming for help. Family members immediately began breaking open the tomb with a sledgehammer, trying desperately to free her. Uh, Why are you in a cemetery with a sledgehammer? Just in case this happens, apparently. Just thought it asked. Well, it's not Yeah, I think everyone just walks around with sledgehammers to think it. Yeah. Apparently, that's just that's just how you wanted the dead, I guess. Um, by the time the coffin was the coffin was extracted, the the crowd which had gathered noted that the glass window on the casket was shattered. A motionless Nancy, who was still warm to the touch, had scratches on her forehead and bruises on her fingers. 
Despite being rushed to the hospital with Frederick Loveland, she was once again pronounced dead. That's ridiculous. They think that she suffered a severe panic attack, which temporarily stopped her heart on the night of her collapse. It's also possible that a cataplexic attack caused a loss of voluntary muscle function. How how quick did they raise the funeral? Well, see, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, they're literally making it sound like, you know, oh, my God, I saw my daughter dead. Bury her now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And to answer your question, I I have worked with a lot of Honduran construction workers, oddly enough, in the past. They may have been using those sledgehammers to dig the hole. That's how Honduran do shit. So she actually died from suffocation from lack of oxygen. That is... That, like, uh, how do you not just kill yourself after that? You're, you've yeah, accidentally good. buried your living daughter and then she died? Like, that's not a good Thanksgiving story. You don't want to tell that <laughs> around the dinner table. Ah, that's just fucking crazy. All right, the number one story here. Oh, oh well, and the best thing is, is I thought on March 15th, 1988, Mourners gathered at the Milltown Cemetery. <laughs> almost Milton. It's almost Milton. Yeah. Uh, in Belfast, Ireland, to honor three IRA members who had been killed uh, days earlier by British Special Forces. As the coffins were loaded to the ground, Michael Stone, a member of the Freedom Fighters, who had infiltrated the mourners, opened fire on the crowd. Oh. The whispering sound of gunshot ceased momentarily as Stone pulled the pins from his grenades, hurling them at helpless victims and attendants. Wow. Wow. Uh, attempting to make a swift escape, Stone was chased by a large, seething crowd thirsty for vengeance. You think? Despite throwing more grenades and firing shots at pursuers, the lone loyalist was tackled and severely beat prior to be taken into custody by the police. In all, 50 people were injured, three were killed. My God. What kind of a sick bastard attacks a funeral? Uh, hang on. At Brady's funeral three days later, two British Army corporals who inadvertently drove into the funeral possession were pulled from their vehicle, taken to a nearby waste ground, and shot dead. Inadvertently. Two days later. Yeah. Yeah. Inadvertent my ass. Wow. Two days later, they just coincidentally inadvertently happened to crush the funeral of the people. Oh, Jesus. Hang on. This gets even more fucked up. Despite receiving a number of life sentences, Stone was released in 2000 under the controversial terms of the Good Friday Agreement. In November 2006, well, six years after he was released, Stone was arrested for breaking into Parliament buildings in Northern Ireland armed with an axe, knives, and explosives. Wow. And they gave him an additional 16 years in prison. Wow. What was the Good Friday Agreement? Will let any freaks fucking free? Yeah, like, what's, like I'm trying to figure out... What? <laughs> like, what the fuck? What did they do? To, that is one hell of an agreement. Oh, under the Good Friday Agreement, we got to let this psycho who attacked a funeral with grenades go free? I, I, yeah. Would he have uh, um, uh, Omar Khadr's lawyer? I, I just, I don't... That sounds like the Omar Khadr. Did they give him $10 million? That's what we would have done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're out, and you're one survivor. And you're you're the voice. <laughs> you got you won the voice this year. What? That's wow. a good deal. So there so, you go. So there's there you go. There's some um, that went from a very 
innocent, what I thought was going to be kind of a funny question into the most miserable episode of our show we've ever had. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> really glad we brought that up. Uh, got to start doing notes before the show again. <laughs> uh, this has been one of the most fun episodes I've done. <laughs> notes as well. No more episodes without prepared notes. Because uh, oh. when you ask a, well, yeah, ask a stupid question, right? No, no more asking Gord. Hey, Gord, what's on your mind tonight? <laughs> yeah, hey, Gord. Let's talk about the cemetery. That's <laughs> oh. I I didn't want to do any of that. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you're so you're so entertained. Uh, that really does make it. I am so entertained by this. Um, you know, it's funny. I was actually just having a conversation with somebody about. Did they die in a cemetery? Is that how they? No, they didn't. No, okay. uh, no, they didn't die in a cemetery. Nobody knew died in a cemetery. But does the person the, uh, in this next story die? No, they are still alive. Fantastic. Okay, go ahead then. Okay. Um, um, they're, 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 no, I'm not going to make a joke about it. Um, they, um, it was brought up because I was talking about how my very sick sense of humor about what makes me laugh. Hence tonight's episode make, make me laugh. Um, and saying how like, you know, sure. My upbringing had a big part of this. Now, both my parents, when I first years ago brought this up to my family, saying like, no, they this family, family business is fucking my brain. They both said, no, no, it's not that. It can't be that. That's no. Right. You were raised very normal and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was raised around death. You were. Like, completely and totally. I was I was a child the first time I prepped a dead body for a fucking cemetery or for a fucking funeral. That's got to be I, impactful. One would assume. I mean, so it truly does, like, nullify me in the sense of what. You know, like where every anybody else would hear like the stories that I'm telling would be like, you know, Jesus, that's really sad, that's sick. I'm laughing my ass off because I'm just directly seeing the humor in it because sure. I've worked in cemeteries. I, I know what it's like to have a monument almost fall on top of me. I've actually had one fall on me. I was smart enough to know how to maneuver it so it doesn't crush me. Um, you know, like I had a friend back in grade eight that uh word was getting around that he was uh, knocking over a monument to the cemetery and um the way the reason i ended up finding out about it was because he had um uh he had gone over and went to kick over a monument and he ended up breaking his fucking leg uh from the sheer force of him kicking the monument the monument didn't budge um so with him as a cast i actually approached him and beat the living shit out of him and said if yeah, you ever fucking buddy. attempt to fuck up a monument i'm gonna fuck you up again yeah. Uh, one sec here, Gord. Uh, not no no sign of Glenn yet. Uh, Chris, I was here. I believe. I think he was. I can't. I'm I'm sure I saw him. Fred, unfortunately, I haven't seen yet. Um, I swear I saw him, but I really don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Fred, I haven't seen. Um, and even Marcus, I I don't know. Oh, is he? Oh, good. Excellent. All right. Thank you. Sorry, Gord. Yeah, no worries. Um, 
my room just got decimated and I did nothing to help. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, we got to be careful. This show is basically a diary of my life. It's really, it's going to come out in court one day. Oh yeah. You're going to have to testify. And I'll be giggling when I do it. Don't worry. Oh, I'm sure you will. Uh, and we will record the whole thing and podcast it live. Ideally. That's right. Um, what a horrible episode. Oh, speak for yourself. I thought this was one of our better ones. <laughs> Come on. How often is it that you get to laugh at the death of the child? Come on. That's, that's, just, that's just good writing right there. I would like to, I was going to try and say something along the lines of how uh, being raised in that environment must have given you a healthy respect for the process of dying. And I can see clearly that I'm way off base with that kind of assumption. So. I'm not. What it has done is it's given me a healthy, in a sense, respect for the dead, but not for getting there. <laughs> <laughs> How you get there, that's just fun and games. But once you're in the cemetery, nah, you're, you're hands off. Um, I used to do, because um, uh, uh, Americans, actually uh, most people, uh, don't, this is like an Ontario thing, um, the day before Halloween in Ontario, it was for years. It was actually celebrated called Devil's Night. Yeah, of course. And that was the anyone night who that saw the movie The Crow wanted to celebrate it. Yeah, um, that was a that was a fairly big deal. And uh, I ended up getting uh, uh, hired basically from suggestion because I started finding out that people were actually going out to the cemetery and they were fucking up the monument and causing thousands upon thousands upon thousands. That was a very popular pastime in Brandon where I was born. Well, that really bothered me. So I started doing security. And uh, what happened was the very first year, uh, my dad gave me his uh, pickup truck. And uh, myself and my cousin, I didn't have a license at the time, uh, but my cousin did. He was much more responsible. So we did the responsible thing and grabbed a 12-pack of beer. And my dad gave me a 1.5 million candle-watt fucking spotlight which is crazy fucking bright. I've got one burning and, on the floor right now. There you go. Um, and uh, I, I grabbed a baseball bat and a golf club. And <laughs> we sat in the cemetery and just like sat with like the lights off and just sat and had a couple of beers and uh, waited I love, for kids to come through. And then I love that you got Casey Jones on it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, once the kids would come through, that we would literally light them up with a fucking spotlight and race the truck up to the top speed, lock the brakes up, <laughs> slide up to them, be like, what the fuck are you guys doing? You know, they're like, I'm an officer, mother, yeah, you little punk, get the fuck out of here, we're watching you, we're watching, make sure you go out of here, and we just we stopped everybody until they started realizing we're just a bunch of kids ourselves. Yeah, that's, um, the, that's when you bust out the fact that you had died breaking tombstones years earlier. Yeah. So that would have been way smarter. Which, by the way, now, as we talked about respecting the dead to an extent in here, I discovered in um, uh, high school a phenomenal thing, if you ever want to, well, I'll, I'll rephrase this, what I thought was a phenomenal thing of a way to get laid and to have a chick fucking get close to you. So what me and a buddy did was we took um, my, my family was gone for the weekend. We dragged the fucking TV and about 400 feet of extension cord, grabbed the TV and the VCR, set it up in the dead center of the cemetery on Devil's Night, 
They watched Night of the Living Dead and Return of the Living Dead back to back. Really? Oh my God, it's amazing. But we took it one step further because that's just not creepy enough. So, what we did was, uh, remember those, uh, the, the, the Halloween things with the hand with the motor that the fingers move? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we took one of those hands, stuck it in a freshly dug grave. Oh, geez. And then when we walked by, you couldn't really see the hand to notice right away. But when we walked by, uh, we would step on the controller, which would end up making the hand turn on and start moving. And then you say, what's that noise? And then you turn right in front of the flashlight, you see this fucking hand coming out of the ground with the fingers moving. And the girls would freak out. Turns out, the girls don't find this very funny. Uh, shocking. <laughs> so my plans of getting laid ended up giving me one fuck of a reputation of being a very, very sick individual. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, that they don't expect second dates on from those. No, like uh, apparently not. And, wow. So yeah, so that was that was uh, one of my favorite of all pranks. That was hands down probably my absolute favorite. That, that was just so well done. That's a very creepy, morbid uh, prank. <laughs> Thank you. I'm very glad that I did not grow up anywhere near a cemetery. Um, this is what happens when you're raised with a cemetery for your backyard. Clearly, um, but at least you didn't get attacked by bees and die. No, and yeah. I've never seen. Actually, no. I was gonna say I've never seen a dead dead pet in the cemetery, but that's not true. I have. No, I remember my girl. She was raised with the with the cemetery, and then Macaulay Culkin got attacked by bees and died. No, I don't remember that movie at all. Actually, oh, oh, it was my girl. Oh. Um, someone put a brilliant poster on uh, on um, Facebook advertising it as B movie. It was great. <laughs> uh, yeah, Macaulay Culkin died. It was sad. It was a sad movie. Dan Aykroyd and Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, uh, it was probably one of the ones that made uh, Macaulay Culkin go nuts. Uh, but follow him on Twitter. He's brilliant. Uh, I, I mean that in all fairness. If you're not, if you're on Twitter and you're not following Macaulay Culkin, you should be. He is a genius. Everything. Really, he, yeah. Oh, he just makes the most random, hilarious comments. Uh, yeah, and that movie had one of those girls. She had a weird, a really weird name, and she grew up. She was such an adorable girl. Are you, are you causing an earthquake? What, what's going on there? Yeah, no, sorry. I'm just I'm cleaning garbage out of my car. Uh, <laughs> um, over the air, it sounds like uh, Glenn coughing. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Um, yeah, the girl, I don't remember her name. She had a really weird name and she was adorable and everyone was waiting for her to grow up and get hot. And then she grew up and got weird looking. She's one of them. Um, anyway, we, I, 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 I'm wondering if this, uh, massive amount of noise is a uh, time to say goodnight. Oh, uh, yeah, well, I'm definitely getting there because, uh, I got a long fucking day tomorrow, but I'm, you know, I'm still available for that. Yeah, yeah that was a good long episode. Um, we, we did good. We did well. We filled our quota. Um, now I have to go see a therapist for the next month or so. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, wow. <laughs>
we we did did some damage tonight, I'm sure. Um <laughs> Tomorrow I would night. love to know anybody if you have any fucking adverse reactions to listening to the episode tonight, please let me know because I would like to laugh at you for it. <laughs> um, yeah, and I am still seeking a co-host for tomorrow night. Anyone interested in co-hosting with me, uh, get in touch, Eric, at ericandgord.com. The spot is available to the first person that contacts me. Um, and we will do an episode without our good friend Gord, who's got prior engagements that are much more important. Um, yeah, called and, brisket. And we'll welcome you back on Friday, I assume? Is there a reason why you're bringing fire in here? Because I'm about to lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, <laughs> I will be back with a somebody, <laughs> hopefully someone <laughs> of the living, uh, in roughly 23 hours. Uh, Thank you for tuning in this evening. Uh, this episode was produced by Adrian Segur. Uh, until next time, take care of each other. And I can't wait to find out what you're going to title this as. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I'm going to have to think long and hard about this one. Uh, That's right. Fuck Mark Knopfler. Don't die in a cemetery. <laughs> Don't die in a cemetery. And please try not to get hit by tonight. Yeah. All right, good. Have a good night. All right, see you, everybody. And we're out. Sorry, wait. Things <laughs> just got a little nutty right at the end there. Um, yes, they did. What the fuck was all that about? Buddy was, like, pissed off. About oh, it. yeah, well, someone's burning down my room. And, uh... Uh, Glenn, Glenn's dying. Everyone just lost their spot in the room. Uh, it's just been a, a, a nutty half an hour. Well, shit. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. Um, weird. Anyway, thanks for that. That was fun. Um, <laughs> sure, now you admit it was fun. Oh, yeah. Well, I gotta, I gotta play it up on the air a little bit. I can't admit how funny that is. It's terrible. <laughs> Um, but a good dark one. We haven't had a dark one for a while. Yeah, I know that's true. Yeah, we've never had one that I've I've never had a, a one of our little gags go that far south. Holy shit! That yeah, was, that, that went. That could have been a really funny question. Nope. <laughs> nope. Kind of went the other way on that. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Took took a whole left turn on a right turn road. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's what happens uh, when you let me drive. That's right. Oh, that was so much fun. That was cool. Sadly um, enough, I am going to sleep well tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to go have nightmares about the Sixth Sense kid. Oh, God, I'm in such a good mood right now. That is, you know, that's fucked up. <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh, I'm glad. Well, uh, have fun tomorrow. Thank you very much. I am definitely going to enjoy it. I'm going to take pictures of my brisket and I won't send it to you. I really hope that's not a euphemism. Nope, that is a, that's a, that's exactly what it means. I mean, that, that's what tomorrow night is. I am uh, um, what I'm doing is, is I'm cooking. Um, uh, I'm, I'm making dinner for his uh, kids, well, for the whole family. Well, and um. I'm uh, making a brisket. Brisket takes 16 hours to cook. 
Right. So yeah, I have, yeah. So I'm going home tomorrow after work. Yeah. I'm going straight to her place and I'm dropping off the brisket in the crock pot of her house in the morning and then uh, go home, put the brisket on at midnight. Then I got to get up at four in the morning to add the sauce. Yeah. And then it cooks for the next 12 hours and then just has to sit on nice and stay warm for the next few hours so that I can. If it makes you feel any better, I'm I'm sure I'll be working on my dry rub tonight too. <laughs> a little bit of stick, my friend, goes a long way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy, I gotta run. I got fires to put out around here. All right. Well, best of luck, my friend. I'll talk to you Friday. Uh, yeah, most likely I'll talk to you Friday. All right. All right. Have a good night. Man. You too. Bye. Ha, ha, ha.